Tiv, for coming to learn. Um, in the Echami Oideh, at the end of the Haggadah, where we attribute religious significance to all of the numbers from 1 to 13, so when we get to number 9, Tishami Oideh, so the, we say Tisha Yachileh, that corresponds to the nine months of pregnancy. So Mepharshim asked that all of the other 13, you know, the other 13 uh, items are all unique to Yiddishkeit. The Tisha Yachileh, though, is something that applies to all of the Masa'elam. Every pregnancy is supposed to be nine months. In fact, they say, Heiroyoim is Vigamatria 271, because the due date of every pregnancy is supposed to be on day 271, nine months, uh, nine uh, periods of 30 days, corresponding to the nine months, and the day 271 is supposed to be uh, the due date. But this is not unique to Klau Yisrael. This is by one of the Umos Ha'ilam as well. So how come in the Echem we say Tisha Yachileida? What does that have to do with the Leo Seder? So some of Farshim explain that it's because the whole nace of uh, Yetzirah Mitzrayim was precipitated by, which we know was uh, brought about, or it was part of it, by Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu uh, perhaps was born uh, prematurely. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, the Pesach says in Parsha Shmois, that his parents, Amram and Yochevet, hid him for three months. Had they hid him for three months, uh, Rashi explains, because he was born and during the sixth month. And the Mitzrayim, who were counting the days from when Amram came home, his wife, when he could possibly have a child, only came three months later. After the end of three months, well, Yucho they can no longer hide him, and they put him into the into the uh, raft in the in the water. But they had three months to hide him because Moshe Rabbeinu was born early. So, in order to recognize that, at the last seder, we say typically it's Tisha Yachileida. But of course, the Yitzias Mitzrayim took place because Moshe Rabbeinu uh, was born early. But Parshas Tazria also deals with the status of Yoledes in childbirth, and I wanted to take the opportunity. Uh, and the heel, you know, coming after Pesach and also Parshas Tezriah to discuss the growing phenomenon of premature births, the babies that are born uh, early. Well, why that is the case, we could speculate many reasons, but uh, it is definitely a growing phenomenon and uh, it brings about or uh, precipitates many uh, interesting issues. I must, in full disclosure, have to let you know that this is an issue that is near and dear to me. All my children were born prematurely. Not one of them made it to the, uh, to the ninth month. So we spent a lot of time, Baruch uh, Hashem, on these issues. Anyway, the Yushalmi tells us, commenting the Pesach in Parashas, Bereshis, Vayitzer es ha'adam, Hashem alaykim es ha'adam in ha'adama, Kaddish Baruch Hu created Adam HaRishon, but here in the word Vayitzer there's two Yuds. So Talmud Yushalmi comments, because we have a Yitzira l'shiva and Yitzira l'tisha. In the times of Chazal, it was assumed that there were two types or two uh, terms of pregnancy. There was one term that could be seven months, and there was one term that could be nine months. However, if a child was born either at eight months or certainly before seven months or six months, then the assumption was that the child uh, was uh, certainly a nafel. There was no way that the child could make it. It was not a viable fetus. So that's why the opinion of the Chachamim is, over here in the Gemara Masech the Sivamas and Afpeh Aleph, Hatanya ben Shmoina, Hareu Ke'evin He's like a stone and you're not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos in order to save uh, the Ben Ches. Because he's considered to be a, a lost cause, it's a, he's a vade nefil. Right? Rashi Shanoi Lechesh Kadoshim ain't oisim boy maisa. You can't touch him. He's not considered to be lachzikah ben kayama for any area of halachas. We'll see this again many areas. Uh, he's not considered to be a ben kayama, and certainly we're also not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos uh, for him. Until when? When does he become? Let's say he continues to live on. When does he become a bar kayama? So the pin of the Chachamim was explained here by Rashi. Loy Amina bar kayama hu vade ad shiya ben esrim shana. Until he's 20 years old, then he's considered to be a bar kayama. That's the opinion of the Chachamim in the Gemara Masech Yavamis. However, in the Gemara Masech Shabbos, it appears in Yavamis as well, 
The Gemara quotes the opinion of Reb Shem ben Gamliel, who disagrees. His position was, Once the child is uh, 30 days old, then he's a Yatsum Echlal Nefel, he's considered to be a Bar Kayama. Shinamar, as the Pasuk says, by Pashus Kayach, by Pidina Ben. This is a different context, but if Duyomi Ben Chaydish Tifta, you perform Pidina Ben after 30 days, why do we have to wait 30 days? It's Xerus HaKosiv. But Rosh Gamliel suggests that perhaps the reason is because until 30 days, uh, the child is not a Bar Kayama, and once the child uh, reaches the age of 30 days old, then uh, we're supposed to perform Pidina Ben because then we know it's a Bar Kayama. If that would be the case, though, uh, then perhaps a child who we know is uh, full-term should be able to be having pity not Ben right away. But that's not the case. Uh, every child has to wait to 30 days. So it's clearly some measure of Xerus HaKosov here that every child, even if he's full-term, has to wait 30 days, even though we know he's a Bar Kayama the first day that he's born. But Shimon Gamliel derives from the requirement of waiting 30 days by pity not Ben that perhaps it's because after 30 days uh, the child has now become a Bar Kayama and any child uh, even if he's born during the eighth month or the sixth month, which typically we would have assumed he's a nephil upon his birth, if he uh, stays alive for 30 days, then we assume uh, he's a bar kayama. Yeah? Gemara admits a possibility he can live to 20 years old. Why give Michal Shabbos for those 20 years? Well, we get to that. The opinion of Chacham is difficult to understand, but that's the opinion of Chacham. Is it 30 days from full term or 30 days from birth? Birth, the assumption is, yeah. Is it's a good question, but without getting all into the issue. Does Shah translate? Shah means he waited. If it hasn't waited, if he hasn't gotten to 30 days. What if he's sick, but it's not evident? What if he's. What if 29, 28 days after the birth, the child becomes sick, but it's not evident? Has nothing to do with premature preterm labor. It's then we're not discussing that. Alive. We're not discussing a child who's ill, to, uh, not well. Ill at That's a whole separate issue. Right now, when the child was born, he was a bar kayama. Then he's like any adult who gets sick. That we would treat him like, uh, of course, he'd be mochal shabbos. The question is, is he even a bar kayama to begin with? If a child is a full term baby and he becomes ill, rachman so then he's like any other person becomes sick. Okay, so that's the Machlech, seeing the Chachamim, Shem Gamliel, a child who's born in the eighth, if he's born in the seventh month and the ninth month, that's considered to be a full-term baby. If he's born, in, uh, and from the day that he's born, he's a Bar Kayyam, he can be Machal Shabbos to save his life. What if he's born in the sixth month or the eighth month? The assumption was he's not a Bar Kayyam immediately from being born. At what point does he become a Bar Kayyam, according to the Chachamim, at 20 years old? And according to Rav Shimon Gamliel, at the age of uh, 30 days. Now, the Rishayim assume we pass in like Rav Shimon Gamliel when it comes to a Suffolk Ben Ches, Suffolk Ben Tes. Let's say we're not sure, you know, it's difficult always to pinpoint the time of conception. So we don't know if the child was an eight-month baby and was born at the end of the eighth month, a nine-month baby. We don't know when the child was conceived. So if it's a Suffolk Ben Ches, Suffolk Ben Tes, the Rishayim assume we pass like Rav Shimon Gamliel, and once you wait 30 days, the child was Yatsa Mechlal Nefa. What does that mean? Before 30 days, you cannot be Mechal Shabbos for a child. We're not sure if he was born in the, you know, if he's an eight month baby or a nine month baby. So, in fact, that's the way it says in Shulchan Aruch that you cannot be Mechal Shabbos before uh, 30 days have passed for this child that we're not sure if he's full term. However, the Bira Halacha uh, quotes Machlaikas Harishayim in this Yuma between the Ramban and the Bahag about whether or not you're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos for an Uber, for a fetus, to save the life of the fetus. So the opinion of the Ramban is you're not allowed to be Mechal Shabbos to save the life of an Ubar, because the Pasuk says, V'chai bahem, bahem, but that's only by someone who's alive already. And here the fetus is not an independent life, without getting involved in that discussion. The assumption, at least for this context, is the fetus is not an independent life. However, the opinion of the Bahag was that you can't be Mechal Shabbos 
for an Uber. Why? So the Achranim explained because another source for Chilul Shabbos in the place of Pikuach Nefesh is Chalav, the Pesach and Pashas Kisisa, Vishamu Vnei Selsa Shabbos, Lasse Sesa Shabbos. You should keep Shabbos in order to keep Shabbos. So the Gemara says in Mesechlis Yuma, Chalel of Shabbos Achas, Kadesh Yishma Shabbos is Harbe. Violate this Shabbos. So be able to keep many other Shabbos. If you're not going to be Machal Shabbos this Shabbos, you won't be around next Shabbos. So violate this Shabbos in order to keep next Shabbos. So says the Bahag, that exists by an Uber as well. Violate this Shabbos, even though he's not perhaps an independent life yet, but he will be in the future, uh, hopefully. So therefore, Chalel of Shabbos Achas, Kadesh Yishma Shabbos is in the future. So Bir Alacha says, if we, and that's how we pass him like the Bahag, you can be Machal Shabbos to save a pregnancy. So if you could be Machal Shabbos for an Uber, even though he's only potential life at this point, you know, Al Shemos, it was going to be in the future, certainly for this Savik Ben Ches, Savik Ben Tes, the Uber might be a Savik Ben Ches, Savik Ben Tes. We don't know when he's going to be born, if it'll be full term or not full term. So if he could be Machal Shabbos for an Uber, who we don't know when he's going to be born uh, anyway, so then it stands to argue that based on the opinion of the Bahag, you could be Machal Shabbos for a Savik Ben Ches, Savik Ben Tes as well, even before 30 days. So okay, the Savik Ben Ches, Savik Ben Tes, you could be Machal Shabbos, says in the Shulchan Aruch, after 30 days, Mr. Brewer argues, even prior to 30 days, it should be no worse than the Uber. But what about the child who's for sure born in the 6th month and the 8th month? So, when it's a Savik Ben Ches, Savik Ben Tes, we pass on Hashem and you wait 30 days. We said even before 30 days, it could be Mechal Shabbos. What about if he's a Vaday Ben Ches? Vaday Ben Vav. He has Mechalakas with the Ramban about an Uber. Mr. Brewer says, once... Rosh Hashim is talking about many different things, not only Chilul Shabbos. So we're going to see, so it could be, you'll say, he was talking about one thing, when it comes to Chilul Shabbos, it could be Mechal Shabbos. We're going to see, Rosh Hashim was really talking about Yibam and Chalisa. Okay, that's it. Huh? Are we talking about once, once the fetus is out? Yes. Only once the fetus is out. Well, if we pass like the Bahag, you can be Mechal Shabbos for an Ubar. So says the Mr. Brewer, if you can be Mechal Shabbos for an Ubar, for a fetus... Even though he might be a Ben Ches, we don't know when he's going to be born. How could it be once he's born, he's any worse than when he was in utero? Yeah. Well, the obvious answer is that you don't know if the mother's at risk, too. You're not being, no. Not, 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 not. If the mother's at risk, then we're not discussing that issue. Right. If you wouldn't know, then there'd be a suffix for the mother and uh, not for the Uber. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I, I think it's a philosophical question more than anything else, but at the time the Gemara may be. Ben Ches was different. Things have changed, good. But it's not in Shulchan Aruch already. No, post Shulchan Aruch. Also, they, they yeah. considered Ben Ches yeah. as a book. Yeah. At what point did that change? Infant mortality in the 16th century. The measure of the Gemara of Ben Ches. It's not only six months or anything before six months. Certainly anything before six months. So the question, though, is, Rabbi said, what about the... The science. We'll get to the science. We'll get to Give me one second. We'll get there. When the science will override. When Correct. The, we'll get to that, one that, second. We'll get to one second. Yes. Yes. But let's say you have a vada ben vav or a vada even as Aaron said a ben hey or a ben ches. We know certainly that this baby was not a full term baby. We know we know when the baby was conceived. So then, how do we passkin? Do we passkin like the chachamim that he only becomes a bar kayama at the age of twenty? Do we passkin of shemigamlio that it's after thirty days? So that was a big machlekes harishayim. Taisus and mesechlis yavamis. I did not give it to you. It's a lengthy taisus. Passkins like the chachamim. You have to wait in order to the child is 20 years old to be a Bar Kayama, to be Mechal Shabbos. According, uh, but the Ramban disagrees in Mesech Lesiyavamis. He says, how could it be? He's 18 years old and being drafted for the army. Gibar Oysa Mochama. How could it be that you can't be Mechal Shabbos for him? Because we're still Cheshish that he's a Nefel. But, 
this issue was a machlekes harishayim between Taisus and the Ramban. It was a machlekes hapaiskim in the pischei tshuva in Eben Ezer with regard to yibum and chalitza. Because the halacha is, if a man dies, he leaves his wife without any children, so she requires yibum and chalitza from his brother. But if she, he left her with a child, even if the child passes away before his death, predeceases him, uh, she's not required to have yibum and chalitza. And let's say he leaves her with a, a full-term baby, but the baby dies, uh, you know, two days later, so still, uh, that's considered to have been, uh, he left her with a child, and she doesn't require yibum and chalitza. So what if he leaves her with an eight-month baby, baby that's a ben ches for sure, um, but the baby was alive for 30 days, and then the baby passes away, so does she need yibum and chalitza or not? So that's exactly this question. So the Pisrei uh, Tshuva quotes from the Yam Shoshlama that he passing like Taisvis, that no, she requires even when Chalitza until the child becomes 20 years old, and not a Bar Kayama. And the base man, the Karban Asano, felt that the Yam Shoshlama was Hifr Zalamida, that this was too much of a Chumrah, that already once a child is 30 days old, uh, we can consider him to be a Bar Kayama. But in fact, this issue is not only Machlegis Taisvis and the Ramban, Machlegis Hapaiskim, Pisrei Tshuva, and Evan Ezer, seems to be a Machlegis in the Ramam and the Ravid. Look at the Ramam over here, Perches of Hilchasava, Wacha Aleph. The Ramam writes with regards to Avelos, uh, that a Nafel, of course, there's no Avelos. Although Allah is Minhagim, but there's no Avelos for a Nafel. What about a Ben Ches, who Ben Shmoina Shemais, Afilu Laachashloishim? Even if he's been alive for 30, I assume days, Harez a Nafel. He's a Nafel. Ve'ain Misabon Aleim, Gomisaskin Imahim. There's no Avelos. And the rabbi disagrees. He says, That once the baby is alive for 30 days, uh, then we can assume that he's, uh, he's a bar kayama. So the Ramam seems to pass in like uh, the Chachamim, that when does it become a bar kayama? If not after 30 days, probably at 20 years, like which was the opinion of the Chachamim, the opinion of Taisis, and those Achreinim. And the rabbi disagrees that we should pass in like Rabbi Gamliel, that after 30 days. The, problem, the issue is, though, that there seems to be there's a contradiction within the Rambam. Because the Rambam writes in Parak Bez of Vav, that let's say you kill somebody, again, this is relevant to many areas of Allah, but let's say a person kills somebody else. So you're only Chayev, uh, Mises Bezdin, or uh, Golas, if you kill him Bishaygik, if you killed a Bar Kayama. If you killed a Nafel, then you would not have the same uh, culpability. So Echara Horeg is a Golas, a Katan Ben Yoimai. He killed a Katan who was a full term baby. Uh, even if he's one day old, Ben Zachman Akeva, Harez and Eric, all of him Harg Bizadoin. He's killed if he killed him uh, on purpose, or Gulam Harg Bishagig. But who Shakalai Khadoshim? That's if the child was a full term baby. Aval Noya Lapakas Mitisha Khadoshim. Let's say he was born less than uh, nine months. Hareu Kenefo. If he's less than a nine month baby, meaning an eight month baby, he's a nefo. Ad Shiisha Shlashim Yoim. Until he waits 30 days, after 30 days, but if you kill him within 30 days, he's an Eiffel. After 30 days, the assumption is he's not an Eiffel. So here the Rambam does not tell you um, specifically, uh, you know, that uh, the Rambam seems to indicate over here is that uh, even though he's a for sure Ben Ches, we're not discussing a suffix Ben Ches, suffix Ben Tes, seems to include even anybody who's not a nine-month baby, even a Vade Ben Ches, once you wait 30 days, uh, if you kill him, you're Chayav Misa. So the Rambam over here seems to pass in like Shimon Gamliel. So it contradicts the other Rambam. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is talking about even a nine-month baby. A nine-month baby, once he's a full-term baby, day one is about Bar Kayama. Chilul Shabbos, Ritzicha. But doesn't Rabbi Shimon Gamliel say that no, if we're not sure if he's a Ben Ches, Ben Tes, then you need 30 days. Or if he's a Ben Ches, 30 days, 
Now already is a barakayama. A full-term baby day one is all... It's considered to be a barakayama, all rights and privileges, all halachas. Uh, Birth. No, from the birth. So the problem is. In all cases, the same as nine, or there are Assumption Chazal was it is the same. Obviously, in our times, uh, things have changed. Perhaps we'll get to that. Things have changed in a second. So how do we deal with this contradiction within the Rambam? So the Mishkanis Yaakov, as well as the Bir Hagra, suggests that the Rambam understood that this was an open issue, an open machlekes. So it's still subject to debate. Machlekes Tanoim, machlekes Rishonim Adopaskin. So when it comes to Hilchas Avelos, we have a general rule: Halacha Kedivrei Hameko Ba'avel. We're Meko when it comes to Hilchas Avelos. So the Rambam understood that this was still uh, an open issue. Uh, Does the, the child become a Barakema thirty days, or only when he's twenty years old? And therefore, uh, perhaps in Kol Tarkulo, the Rambam was Machmir. Uh, that uh, that uh, that once he becomes thirty days as a bar kayama, when it comes to hilchas avelos, we go lekula, and, and uh, you would not have to observe avelos until the child becomes twenty years old. But if he's a vade ben ches after thirty days, there would be no avelos. The problem with that opinion is, with that. That's the sheet of the Mishnah Siakim and the Beer I grow. The problem with that is that the Rambam, you would think, you know, we have, if we're going to go, if this is an open issue and we're going to say Allah Kedivri Mekabavu, you would think that we wouldn't kill the murderer either. Uh, because of this is an open issue. We generally rule in Hokum in suffering So, how can we kill a murderer if this is still an open issue, whether or not the child is a bar kayama, is a viable individual, uh, or not? That's the problem with the opinion of the Mishnah Yaakov. So, because of that, the Chazanish assumed that there was a typo in the Rambam and Hilchas Avelos, that he assumed that the printer wrote Shloishim. But it really should have been uben shmon because if the Rama meant thirty days, he should have said shloishim yoim like he does in Hilchos Ritzayach. He doesn't. It just says shloishim. That's all it says. There's no yoim that follows that. In some versions of the Rama, you look in the Frankel Rama, some have yoim, some don't have yoim. So Chazanish claims if it doesn't have yoim, which he thinks is the more correct girsa, so why would the Rama just write shloishim? So he. Um, he speculates that perhaps the Rambam really just wrote Lamed, and the printer wrote Shloishim. What it should be, though, is Leda. Uben Shmeina Shemes. You have a Ben Chester who dies, even though it's born already. It's not a fetus who's a stillborn, who born, you know, who passed away while it was still uh, inside of its mother. Even if it was born and it passes away after birth, Hareza Nefel. But he's not telling you that if it, uh, even if it lasts 30 days, he's still an Eiffel. Maybe the Rambam felt like Roshim Gamliel. Once it lasts 30 days, the Bar Kayama. And therefore, the opinion of the Chazanish was that if the child lasts 30 days uh, after birth, he would be Chayv and Avela. So you assume that the Rambam Paskin uh, like Roshim Gamliel. So we have a okay, somewhat of an open issue. The assumption, though, generally is that we pass on Kavshim Gamliel, that if it's a Ben Ches, or Savi Ben Ches, Savi Ben Tes, once a child is alive for 30 days, we would be considered to be a Bar Kayama. <laughs> the other opinion that, uh, you know, he's only a Bar Kayama when he's 20 years old is difficult to understand. As the Ramban said, he's a Gibor, he's a Mochama. How could it be that he's not a Bar Kayama? But a uh, more uh, <coughs> global issue is raised by the Chazanish over here in Oisvav, where he notes that in our times, this is uh, not the reality that we deal with, right? It's the Chazanish already, not, not even in, uh, in, on the 21st, Chazanish uh, in the 21st, uh, 20th century, but certainly in the 21st century, uh, this is even more, uh, more exaggerated. But the Chazanish writes, We see, it's a Maisim that a Ben Ches is a viable child, 
Now the reality has changed, uh, and uh, the halacha therefore should uh, change along with it, and the Chazanish assume that a Ben Ches is considered to be a viable child uh, as, uh, as soon as it's born. You don't even have to wait 30 days. And that would be with regards to Pikuach Nefesh, would be with regards to Hilchas Avelos, and all of the other halachas that are affected by this. And as a precedent for this um, changing halacha with regard to the changing reality, the Chazanish cites a Ramah, in, uh, again in Hilchas Ibn Chalitza, where the Ramah writes that even though there was a discussion in the Gemara whether or not a Yoletis Lates, Yoletis Lemekutan, or not Yoletis Lemekutan, that, that means that uh, a nine-month pregnancy, is it only considered to be full-term when she gets to the end of the ninth month or even in the middle of the ninth month? Once you get into the ninth month, is that full-term or only at the end of the ninth month? So even though that was a discussion in the Gemara, perhaps your lettuce test is not your lettuce lemikutayin, and the middle of the ninth month is not considered to be full-term, the Ramah writes, Even if she just makes one day into the ninth month, that's considered to be a viable child. The woman would be exempt from even chalitza. Um, even though we pass in the Gemara that uh, a nine month, uh, is, in the middle of the ninth month is not full term, it's only the end of the ninth month. He said the reality is not so. That this exists with regards to many other issues as well. It is surprising, though, and parenthetically, that the Chazanish is the one who makes this argument because the Chazanish is uh, outspoken in another area of halacha to argue against uh, allowing the halacha to change with the changing reality. With regards to trefos, Chazal uh, had halacha lomayish misinai that there are eighteen trefos, eighteen. Uh, um, um, defects in an animal that could render it a trefa and be not a kosher animal, uh, which means also they cannot live uh, for 12 months. Those 18 defects correspond to a reality of the fact that the animal cannot live for 18 months. So the Chazanish already noted, as many others do as well, that some of these trefas that are mentioned by the Gemara don't uh, necessarily mean in our times that the animal is going to die within 12 months. Some animals can live for years with these conditions. So, so should we still consider it to be a trefa animal? If the animal could live more than 12 months, even though that these are a trefa, but the animal could live longer than a year. So should we change the halacha with uh, corresponding to the change in reality? So the Chazanish writes in Hilchus uh, Shrita that no, the halacha does not change. These animals are still a trefa. Why? So he makes the argument based on the Gemara Masechus which tells us that the world is going to exist for 6,000 years. 2,000 years will be toihu. 2,000 years will be taira. 2,000 years in Moshe Mashiach, after that, uh, then the Geula will come. So the 2,000 years of Torah began when Avram Avinu started, you know, the, the year 2000, when Avram Avinu roughly started teaching Torah to the Nefesh Asher Osu And that 2,000 years concluded in the year 4,000. This uh, changing reality happened after that, that the animals began to live longer, even with these uh, defects, with these conditions. So the Chazanish writes, anything that, uh, you know, that uh, the development of Torah can only happen during those 2,000 years of Torah. Anything that happened after the year uh, 4,000, and now we're already in the Tkufa, the Yemais Mashiach, that cannot uh, affect the Halacha. Any change in reality after that point does not affect the Halacha. The Halacha is uh, stuck uh, in the year uh, 4,000. And therefore the Halachas of Trefas don't, uh, don't change with the changing reality. But over here, the Chazanish is willing to say Nishtanu uh, Hateva with regards to the Ben Ches, or the Ben Vav, the, the preterm, or the preterm baby. 
So I believe that the answer is, Reb Chaim Moser explains in the Achiyazah, that uh, Trefus is different, because there we had Allah Lomayshim Sinai telling us what are the 18 Trefus. <coughs> Here, this, there's no Pasuk that tells us a Ben Ches is not a Bar Kayama, a Ben Vav is not a Bar Kayama, and if you wait 30 days, then you are a Bar Kayama. Reb Shimon Gamliel derived it from another Allah, but we're extrapolating from other areas. There is no explicit halacha that's given to us, halacha l'mayshim Sinai about when a child is considered to be a viable child. So therefore, it's not something uh, that would be as uh, inflexible as Hilchus Shreifus. Here we have more latitude to say uh, nishtan whatever. But if you want to be more politically correct, uh, Diane Weiss writes in his Minchas Yitzchak, we could call this nishtanu harafuos. Not that people have changed, but med- the medicine has made advancements, and therefore... Um, and therefore, the child could be considered to be a viable, uh, a viable child already uh, from the moment that he's born, even though he is a ben, uh, ben ches, with the halacha would react to the changing reality, the changing um, reality of people, the changing reality uh, advancements of, uh, of medicine. So when it comes to Hilchah Shabbos, every situation is going to be different. Let's say you have a Ben Zion. Ben Zion, oftentimes, a Bar Kayama, perhaps in our times as well, from the moment that he's born. Then you could have a early, very preterm labor where it's really besafek. So if it really is besafek, whether or not the child is a bar kayama, then you'd have to wait 30 days, let's say, with regards to Elchus With regards, we said, to Pikuach Nefesh, saving Dorech uh, Shabbos, we are Machal Shabbos even for an Ubar, even for a fetus. So certainly we can be Machal Shabbos under all circumstances, but with regards to Elchus which is where it comes up uh, most often, or even Chalitza, I guess, too, you'd have to wait uh, 30 days if the child is really besafek. But if he's made it to the point where, in, you know, in, Generally, in medicine today, we treat him as a viable child for all intents and purposes. So in the eyes of halacha as well, we would have uh, the status of a viable child. What if you actually have one of these cases, Loyaleno, of a child who's besuffic, where he's not going to be able to make it? When do you start counting the 30 days? The assumption always is, brought up before, perhaps you usually start counting from the day that the child is born. However, Shlomo Zalman had a unique position over here, a quote over here in Ois Ches by Dr. Abraham, that you start counting if the child is put in an incubator from the day that the child leaves the incubator. Why do you start counting from the day the child leaves the incubator? So Shlomo Zalman assumed that the incubator is like a hemshech of the mother's womb. You have a Gemara Masech Toschulin says, what if you put two animals next to one another and the child is born from one womb of an animal to the other womb of the animal? So the Gemara assumes the child's not considered as born yet with regards to Hilchus Bechor Behema, that is not considered born until it comes out of the second womb. You can have a transfer of a womb within the same, uh, within the same pregnancy. So Shlomo Zalman assumed, based on the way, I had a conversation with Dr. Steinberg about this, he assumed that this was based on the way the incubator is constructed and it you know, preserves the warmth that is usually provided by the mother. The child's not able to control, regulate his own body temperature, so the, that incubator is somehow a hemshech of the womb. So therefore, Shlomo Zalman held that if you're really dealing with this uh, type of situation, you start counting 30 days from the day the child leaves the incubator. <laughs> also, if Shlomo Zalman held in that kind of situation, you should start counting the 30 days for Pidyon Aben. From when? Not from when the child is born, but from when the child leaves the incubator. Or, according to Shlomo Zalman, it should come out when is the Bar Mitzvah. Bar Mitzvah is not uh, 13 years after the day that the child is born. It's 13 years after the child leaves the incubator. Can't argue a pinyin ben's totally in petarechem, but with the... Uh, he said this by pinyin ben too. Can you do a brisk bismon after leaving the incubator? Right. No, if this child is in this situation, he's not getting a brisk bismon. No, no, after the incubator. Ah, on the eighth day after that? I, that, I, don't, I don't think he said that. <laughs> Only by pinyin ben. It's a good <laughs> argument. Yeah, it's a good argument. Yeah. Halavai. 
So, but in the Sefer Torah Sayogadis by Rabbi Zilberstein, he quotes from Rabbi Yashiv, the Rabbi Yashiv disagreed. The incubator is just considered to be like any other medical uh, therapy, medical treatment, and it would not uh, delay the counting of the 30 days. So this issue uh, comes up if you have a child passes away after uh, 30 days from the day of the birth, but not 30 days uh, from when he left the incubator. Would there be a veil? It's also an afkamina. When do you count 30 days for Pidin Aben? Maybe it's Kedar to be Machmir for Roshom Zalman or Pidin Aben. You could do it later anyway. So maybe it's according to Roshom Zalman, if you do it before 30 days after he leaves the incubator, so then uh, it's a Pidin Aben, but it's early. So maybe, uh, maybe it's Kedar, at least by Pidin Aben, to be Machmir for Roshom Zalman, that you start counting 30 days from when he leaves the incubator. Yeah. You'll make an extra $5. Uh-huh. You'll make extra money. All right, yeah. You could do that. Or Boyashev held that really you start counting from the day that the child is born, not from the day of the incubator, and that's uh, generally assumed to be, uh, to be the psak. But with regards to Pinya Ben, with regards to Avelos, maybe uh, Rabbi says, we're not sure how to pass in the incubator. Is it a hemshech of the mother? Not a hemshech of the mother. So he says, perhaps there'd be no Avelos, but most times in situations like this, people would rather have, observe Avelos. So I don't know if we would say that uh, in this situation. Yeah. Then it, could, could, couldn't that exactly be the answer? Is that that would, might be a practical issue, but not a halachic one. And a halachic issue, and we could say halachic, they make up over, they're not obligated. If they'd like to observe a veilus, of course, uh, they can volunteer to do so. What are the, one or two other issues that are highly relevant with regards to premature uh, um, babies, also relevant to, to other uh, situations as well, and that is that oftentimes premature babies are stuck in a neonatal intensive care unit, and the mother is asked to bring milk uh, to express her milk into a cup and to bring it to the neonatal intensive care unit, where they will then uh, give it uh, to the baby. The problem with that is, is that expressing milk into a cup is assumed to be a malachamidoiraisa of mefarik, even though it's abnormal for a woman to express milk into a cup. Um, chaliva is generally not done by, you know, is more commonly done on animals than on, mil- than on women. And animal, animals typically express milk into containers. So the derech of chaliva is generally into containers. A child to nurse uh, from the mother directly is considered to be kalachar yad. The Gemara Masef, the Subas and elsewhere calls that kalachar yad. That's abnormal. The normal way where you would violate the malachar deiris is expressing it into a cup. So Shulchan Aruch writes over here in Shin Chavches Sifla Medalud Loseikol Ishachel Midadel Loseicha Kaisa Loseicha Kedera Betanik Has Beno. You should not express the milk into a cup. Writes the Bir Alacha in the name of the Prima Godim that this would be a malachar deiris of mefarik of uh, extracting, just like if you extract a kernel of grain from the husk, that's a malach of dosh, of threshing. Mefarik is a told of dosh, expressing, uh, extracting a liquid from a solid, or squeezing a towel for the water, schita, all of these are derivatives of a dash of extracting the kernel of grain from the husk. So this would be a malachim adairais and mefarik, would be prohibited if the child is not in a life-threatening situation. All of these, though, uh, children that are in the neonatal intensive care unit, my opinion is if you're in the intensive care unit, you're automatically considered to be a chayle shiyesh b'sakana, and will be mut, otherwise the insurance wouldn't pay for it, and it's mutter for the mother to express milk into the cup on Shabbos, uh, whether through a mechanical uh, pump or an electric pump, the electricity is the rabbonon, here the malacha mefarik is the iraisa. So the electric pump, the mechanical pump, if you can have enough, you turn it on better, you can put on a Shabbos clock better, you can turn it on with your foot, all better. But Meikar Adin, it's mutter for the woman to turn it on herself. The electric pumps work much better. And she can bring the milk uh, to the hospital. What about if a child, though, is uh, not a preterm uh, child? 
So can you, a woman express milk into a cup to use a pump in order to keep her milk supply up or the child doesn't want to eat anymore and the mother wants to, you know, but she needs to express milk and it's psychologically traumatic for the woman to take it and throw it out. Can she preserve it in a cup and then, uh, you know, in the container and then freeze it? So the Gemara says in Mesefis Yevomis, Stam Tinoik Mesukanei Tzacholov. The generic child is considered to be Besakana when it comes to his Cholov. So Rashi writes, Why? If he's not going to nurse, he's going to die of thirst. Okay, so now we know why. He's a suffix, so he has nothing else to eat. So Tzi Pesach Frank writes in the Chuvis Har Tzvi that he heard in the name of one Godol. Uh, I must admit that this is a, uh, this is a uh, common, in my opinion, misconception by many, and I've heard this from Rabbanim too, that uh, anything when it comes to a child's milk, we can be Mechal uh, Shabbos, even when it comes to Malachim Midei Raisa. Shemad Masha'im Rishem Gadol Echa Sheheshiv, huh? Now they can have formula. Yeah. So he writes, Alaniyah's diet, he writes, that she pays a Frank, this is not the case. Zeshom, Rubi Gemara, Stam Tinoch, Masukan, who ate a Cholov, Eina Kavana, that does not mean she ate a Cholov, a Tinoch, Tamid Dino, Kachol, Sheheshiv, was Hakana. Every child when it comes to his milk, is a Cholov, Sheheshiv, was Hakana. When it comes to the milk, every child is a chayla sheyesh was a kavana. That's not what it means. Says what he pays a frank. Look at Rashi. Rashi says he's going to die of thirst. El kavana he lebechina shal sakanas chayser mazayin. He's not going to have anything else to eat. Lemoshestam tina kinikas achav who mazayin avichiyuso. Generally speaking, that was all that they ate. Uvemakom sheim einek as Yisraelis. If there's no, um, the mother can't nurse. So then you can give him, the Gemara, that's what the Gemara is saying, you can give him from uh, the mother, from the milk of a non-Jewish woman. If he can't have from a Jewish wet nurse, let him have from a non-Jewish wet nurse. He's going to have mamish, nothing to eat, so he's going to be the sakanas chayser mozen. But to allow any child uh, who's a, you know, a six-month-old baby and the mother has a more, uh, you know, would like to express her milk into a cup rather than throw it out, uh, it sounds from a Pesa Frank that that would uh, not be allowed. It's only allowed if the child is besakonis nefoshus, like a child who's in the NICU, a premature baby, then it could be, uh, it could be allowed. The truth of the matter is, the Chazan Ish, though, disagrees with Rashi. But he's disagreeing with Rashi. The Chazan Ish writes in the third line over here, Isid Gim over Rashi, Pirish Yimish, Bitsamat Sarachian. If that's the case, says the Chazan Ish, why don't we allow him to eat cheeseburgers? Why don't we, the Gemara just said he's allowed to use a non-Jewish wet nurse. Chazin says if he has nothing to eat, then everything in the world is mother. Let him eat anything. When he is deity, the cash of the Chazin is not insurmountable. What else does the child, the child doesn't eat cheeseburgers. All the child eats is mother's milk. So if he's not going to eat Jewish mother's milk, let him eat uh, from a non-Jewish wet nurse. That was, the Chazin says, ah, if that's okay, so let him eat Nebelus and Trafus. What Nebelus and Trafus is he eating other than milk? So I think that's why uh, Rashi said that. But the Chazanish assumes what it means is near the Ayri, the Yeshua, We have other food to feed him, but this is the only milk that we have. So Chazanish says if there's no other milk, um, then uh, he's considered to be Besakhanist Nefashis with regards to the milk. But, as uh, T. Pesach Frank argued, nowadays, Marty pointed out, nowadays uh, you have formula. What kind of child has no possible milk uh, to drink? So if, uh, since the child has formula, so then uh, it should be allowed for, uh, it should not be allowed for the random mother uh, of a baby who, Baruch Hashem, is a bar kayama, uh, without any sakana sefashas at all, to express her milk into a cup on Shabbos, to be Malachim Raisa. Yeah. What's the question? The collection Yes. Yes. Yes, if you throw it out, or you, the woman has to express, or else she Correct. So, so, correct. 
So you can express it into a cup. Some require you to put in soap first to ruin it as it comes out. Some require, say, it's enough if you put it into a cup and intention to throw it out later. But to so pres- is it preferable then for her to collect it on Friday, let's say? It's psychologically traumatic for women. I- I'm telling you, I've been on the receiving end of these phone calls. It's not pl- pretty. I mean, mm-hmm. You tell a woman to throw out her milk. Uh, okay. <laughs> But what can you do? I, I don't think it's worth it. Unless the child is be happy, your child is about to come in these situations. Yeah. What they do now also is the, with premature babies is they, when they, they gavage them, so they feed them. Yeah, with, with the mother's milk. Oh. No, with, with uh, a combination of... Uh, Other things too. Uh, that could be yeah, but they always prefer the mother's milk. I'm not the best in my uh, knowledge. What, what's this of, of uh, non-Jewish wet nurse? Uh, it's a separate issue. I, I mean, I'm just... Yeah. It, it's assumed to be a so, but why? Yeah. Good, good question. question. No, no, no. Yeah, it happens to be last week's parsha. Yeah. Shmir Shabbos writes. This is recorded as well over here. Oisa Dalit, turn the page. It's only a child who's besafik sakana who cannot nurse. He, he, the baby hasn't developed that ability yet. Or the child is in the hospital. Then it's mutter for her to express her milk into a cup. If you're going to give him other milk, then the tzino kibogi de sakana. But one minute, if there's formula and there's so many other things we could feed the baby, so why is it permitted uh, for any mother, even if the child is in the NICU, to express her milk into a cup and bring later to the hospital? Let them just feed the baby uh, formula. So most doctors prefer mother's milk. The assumption is, uh, and it's hard to know because everyone's tainted with their own agendas in these uh, types of issues, but uh, those advocating breastfeeding, those you know, <laughs> advocating the formula, but the assumption, most doctors assume that the, the mother's milk progresses along with the needs of the child, and there's antibodies that is in the milk that prevents uh, infection. Wow, if there's so many antibodies that prevent infection, we should demand that every woman nurse? See, you know, uh, breastfeeding rather than feeding formula? The answer is that obviously it's some benefit, but the benefit is minimal. So if the child is already besuffix sakana, you have a child over here, is already his life is in danger. He's in the NICU. So, suffix sakana, so anything might tip the scales in one direction or the other, so we'll allow the mother to express the milk into a cup and to bring uh, to the hospital. The Shulchan Aruch tells us over here in Shin Chavches Sif Dalid that when you're dealing with a Chayosh Yezbo sakana, we do whatever we would normally do during the week, we do on Shabbos as well. And the Mishnah quotes in the name of the Magim Mishnah, who's Medayik from this, this is a quotation from the Ramban. His medayik from the Ramban, even though independently, this issue, moving the bed, not moving the bed, turning out the light, turning on the light, these types of issues, <laughs> even though there aren't more uh, uh, mortality stats for this activity, whether moving the bed actually saves life or not, but once you're already dealing with the and he's asking for this item or for this treatment, even though it's ancillary care, he's asking for it and there's some benefit to it. That's what we normally do in the week. We can do it on Shabbos as well. So therefore, as well, when it comes to this issue of nursing into uh, the mother bringing her breast milk to the hospital, since that was, would be what you would normally do during the week, because there's some minimal benefit to it, it cannot be that, uh, that significant. If it would be that significant, we should demand that every mother breastfeed to save the life of her child. So it must be that there's some benefit, but it, it, it's minimal. But when you're already dealing with a child who's besafik sakana, we can allow the mother to violate this malacha deiraisa, because that's how we would normally treat uh, the child during the week. That's how we could treat the child on Shabbos as well. But if the child is not besafik sakana, I don't think it's uh, allowed uh, for a mother to express her milk into uh, a cup on Shabbos, probably because she has other milk already in the freezer. And anyway, as long as the child will take form, she can feed the baby 
baby formula. If you're in the rare situation where all the child will eat is a mother's milk, and for some reason won't nurse from the mother's uh, breast at that moment, and he doesn't eat formula, and she has no milk in the freezer, and the child is literally, you know... Uh, Dehydrated, of course, and that's a separate issue. And the mother, of course, could express it into a bottle and put, give it to the child. But then, barring that circumstance, uh, I don't think so. One final issue is that oftentimes the uh, bris of a, a premature baby is delayed. So we normally give the name to a, pre- to a baby at the time of the bris. That's why uh, Avram Avinu's name was changed from Avram to Avraham. So the Mata Moshe writes... Since at the time of the bris, Avram was given his new name, so do we give the name to the baby. Uh, that's why we have the minute giving a name to a baby at the time of the bris. Uh, what about though if the child is premature, so we're going to delay the bris, uh, depending on how sick the baby is. So then uh, we're going to delay the bris till the child is well. When should you give the name to the baby? So it says in the Nishmas Avram, Dr. Abraham writes in the name of Rabbi Zilberstein, and it's quoted in a medical journal called Asia, which I don't know if it's still in print, but in the name of many tzaddikim, many gedolim, the Satmar Rebbe, Rav Moshe, Rav Sham, many, many names of gedolim who felt that you should give the baby a name even before the bris for two reasons. Number one, because uh, they uh, felt that the nursing staff doesn't treat a baby without a name as well as a baby with a name. If the parents don't care enough about the baby to give him a name, why should we treat the baby uh, you know, uh, vigilantly? And the other reason is, uh, because you can't, uh, they felt it's best to daven for a baby that has a name. Even though it says in the Gemara, in Masechtas Brochus, you could daven for a person I- even without mentioning their name, as Moshe Rabbeinu daven for Miriam, Kel, No, Rafon, No, La, that she should be healed from Saras, even without mentioning her name. But it says, the Mogan Avram already asked, it says in the Zayar HaKodesh, that when Yaakov Avinu is preparing for his encounter with Esav, he says, Hatzileni, No, Miyad, Ochi, Miyad, Esav. Save me from my brother, from Esav. He mentioned Esav's name. So he says, the Zayah Kodesh says, you see, you have to be specific in your tefillahs. Berachel, bitcha, katana, you have to specify with as much detail as possible. That's why we mention the name of the mother when you're davening for a chayla, because we know the mother is the mother. The father is Rav Bilas Acharbal. We hope he's the father, but we know the mother is the mother, so we mention the name of the mother when you're davening for a chayla. So therefore, uh, the Magen Avram says, it sounds like you have to mention the name of the chayla. So the Magen Avram quotes the name of real. If you're standing next to the chayla, Moshe Rabbeinu was standing next to Miriam, you don't have to mention the name of the Chel, and it's best not to. It says, Kel, Nara, Fon, and you shouldn't mention the name of the Chel, maybe the Xera of the Chel is a product of their name. So you shouldn't mention the name, that's why we change names sometimes. However, if you're not standing next to the Chel, then you do have to mention their name in order to daven for the Chel. So that's why these uh, tzaddikim recommended to give the child the name even before the bris. If the child is not well and he's going to be in the hospital for some time, uh, then you should give the child the name uh, before, uh, before the bris. Lamaisa is, nowadays, every hospital, at least in our area, knows that Jews don't give names before the, the bris. The nursing staff treats the babies just as uh, fine, or you could give them a name, you know, buy, you know, give them any name, make up a name in the hospital, it doesn't really matter, and the nursing staff will be satisfied with that. So unless you're really davening for the child at length, the child is really sick, um, so the practice is generally not to give the child a name before, but if you, that is the situation, then uh, that's what should be done. We certainly give an English name when you of course, of course. Okay. Bench.